You're listening to She's Got Drive podcast, the podcast that inspires women to be the driver in their own life through the life and stories of black women with drive. And I'm your host, Shirley McAlpine. I am an executive coach, a business consultant and a leadership facilitator working with people and organizations to live their lives by design and not default. I have got such great feedback from a number of people being in contact with me through Instagram or emailing me, letting me know what they're getting from the show. I'm so happy because you spend so much time or I spend so much time with my team pulling the show together and to know that you are out there listening to it, getting the insights, getting some ideas on things that you can shift and change in your own life is so rewarding for me and um, it it keeps me going with producing the podcast um the women are amazing who are on the show i feel very privileged to get to interview them and so i'll keep bringing some amazing women to you and if you keep listening so that's wonderful uh actually what would be great is if you could rate and review the podcast in itunes is how the podcast starts to grow its audience and so it'd be a real contribution to to me and to my team if you could do that and we can get more women more people out there you know listening to she's got drive and finding out about these amazing women out there doing fabulous things this week we have robin dunn if you listened to last week julie and i were talking about robin and i said i should have her on my show and here we have her i she is such an amazing woman she's a pioneer in the hip-hop dance space you'll hear why and it was a real privilege to have some time with her and to find out more about her and what lies behind her drive and it was just some lovely personal sharing on her part so with great appreciation and deep appreciation here's robin in the guest chair this week hi everyone welcome to this week's episode of she's got drive and this week i have in the guest chair robin dunn who i actually met at my hip-hop dance class i think i mentioned it in a previous episode where i said that i thought that i had rhythm until i went to that class and we'll talk about that maybe later with robin so robin thank you for being here and for being a guest on the show this week my pleasure shirley it's my pleasure indeed i'm excited so Mm -hmm. i'm gonna let everyone know more about you let me just read um your a very edited bio let me tell you because there's so much obviously that robin has done robin is a face coach creative director and choreographer and she established herself as one of the key community leaders within the entertainment industry today she has appeared in and choreographed several off-Broadway and dinner theatre productions. She was director of the Amateur Night Live at the world-famous Apollo Theatre. Her client list includes Saturday Night Live, Nickelodeon, Sesame Street, Missy Elliott, Teen Vogue featuring Jive recording artist Chris, Chris Brown, The Braxtons featuring Jay-Z, Brian McKnight, and Disney's Raven Simone. Robin's method for breathing life into a performance is through her own uh, methodology that she calls FACE, 
And the acronym stands for Focus, Attitude, Confidence, Energy and Eye Contact. It is designed to develop and enhance artists, business professionals and individuals with being more comfortable on stage, in front of the camera, the workplace and in their everyday lives. Robin's face method has received rave reviews. She's, she has delivered that methodology to over 2,000 people in Russia in, in one sitting. <laughs> Twice they invited her back. And she's also, some more information about her is Miss Dunn. She teaches hip-hop dance at the Alvin Ailey Extension. She's the former, a former adjunct professor at Hunter College. She teaches dance on Steps on Broadway. She has taught in numerous universities, including NYU. And she was the first to introduce the art of hip-hop dance to the East Coast at New York's Broadway Dance Center and the Alvin Ailey School. She believes that a teacher's job is to shape lives, build dreams, and gives hope for the future. Thank you so much for being here, Robin. I'm excited to to delve into your story and the work that you've done in the past and what you're doing now to just find out what is it that lies behind your drive because that's the intention of this podcast and to get some learning on on what your journey has taught you and then for what it can teach us so thank you again for being here my pleasure um Shirley and my and, and thank you for having me at some point we will come back to the whole point about it's obviously a thing for me when I didn't have rhythm because I thought I had rhythm until I went to your class and what that, what's going on with people as they come to your class because it's a le- I think there's a lesson in that. I saw a lesson in there for me as I got into my head and got in my own way. So, But we'll come back to that. Let's start with you sharing a little bit more about you and your work and just kind of bring your work to life and how you do what you do. My work is twofold in that I've spent many, many years in the entertainment industry as a dancer, a teacher, a choreographer, and now a face coach. The coaching work came out of all my work with the dancers and singers and entertainers I've, I've worked with over the years. As you mentioned, I, I currently teach in New York City, and since the age of 10 years old, you know, I've always been involved with dance. When I was 17, I was recruited to be a part of a band that shall go unnamed at the moment. (laughs) And then that took me on a journey um, in the music business. During that time, I also got my degree in marketing management. And this had a a twofold kind of journey because part of me at one point wanted to be a lawyer. When I was recruited into the band, it took me on a whole other journey. So it was like, surprise, (laughs) from law school to the dance floor. And so once I got my degree... I toured the world with this, this, this band and then uh, continued my work as a dancer, teacher, and choreographer. And through that journey, again, I created FACE. And FACE, as you mentioned, is an acronym for focus, attitude, confidence, energy, and eye contact. And it's the sum total of my life's work. It's For me, it's my career nutshell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that That's a term I just, it's hot off the press. I just thought of it in mm-hmm. terms of it surmising and allowing me to incorporate all that I do. And most people that know me know that I'm very big on community and really helping others to achieve their hopes, wishes, and dreams. 
And so now that I coach as, a, as what I call a face, face coach, where I work with people doing what a vocal coach, a, a friend of mine, uh, Craig Derry says, doing the inside work. So we ensure that we're all together in terms of confidence and, and all that goes into the faith, face method, that we're clear about who we are inside before we take the stage, before we get in front of a camera, right. so that you're free to be. Hmm. Be who you are um, authentically meant to be so that the, the performance is at its best. Because you can tell when someone is in front of you and, and they're not really clear about who they are. They're mm-hmm. not really, again, authentic. And it just helps to aid people with being who they're meant to be. Right. That's true for anyone wherever we are, you know where we take our own stage if in effect in life. Right? Indeed. And I'm, I'm, I'm remiss for even not even saying that because again, that's where the method started. And later on, I branched out to working with individuals who, who just really wanted to be able to uh, present themselves in the, to the world, right. um, whether at work or at school or wherever they are. I worked with a woman um, who was uh, who worked at the UN who was getting a promotion mm-hmm. and she was terrified because the promotion included her having to do presentations in the workplace. So she was like, oh, my God, help me. <laughs> and I put her through some of the same exercises and routines that I would would, would with the, the performing artist to aid her with developing her inner voice and her confidence to be able to plant her feet in front of whoever she's in front of and be able to confidently and comfortably present herself. Right. So it, it can be for anybody, anybody who wants to build confidence, yeah. essentially. Yeah. We're going to swing back to that. I'd like to kind of delve a bit more into you and your your kind of story and let's come back to... Um, more about maybe the methodology because I think that's important and um, and the impact that it has I'm I'm interested about the notions of success and when we achieve success in our own journey of what we want in life Mm -hmm. if you think about your career and all these really these people that you've worked with some really interesting um, pieces of work that you've been involved in how would you define your own success here well, I'll say I, I, I can tell you that where I attribute my success, mm-hmm. and that, that comes from God and my mom. And anybody who will text me, or mostly when, when one text, sends me a text message, they'll see a prayer hand and a watch. My mom loved watches, mm. and she was my pride and joy. At this point, I, I attribute my success to her rearing, her inspiring me. Mm-hmm. I attribute it to her. It's God and my mother, and that's who I walk with these days. Mm-hmm. It's led me to a path of just uh, really focusing on what she gave me, which was a sense of invincibility, feeling that I can do anything. And without that, from a young girl, you know, from a young girl, my, my mom always showed me that she loved me, like, mm-hmm. And that gave me this kind of, again, sense of invincibility. And there's there's something to all of this because after losing my dear mother two years ago, I realized 
and it, it, it sparked this realization that all this time I thought my life was motored and I was motored and fueled by a number of things. What I realized is that it, it came from the love she gave me. And it always made me feel as if there wasn't anything I could do. Okay. So I worked to maintain that feeling. I'm curious about how that experience of the love of your mom and that feeling of being invincible, what does that feel like as you're going for things? How does that connect to the result? I think if I tell you the story, that might help. Mm-hmm. When I was in grade school, I was bullied by a young boy and I went home and told my mother. When I told her, she went and got my Uncle Steve and came up to the school. And anybody that knew me knew not to mess with me because they had a lot to pay because of how my mother was about protecting her children. Right. So when she walked up to the school, and, and this is me being a young, shy girl. I was very shy at the time. And I was terrified. I was terrified because this, this young man was just, he was bigger than me, stronger than me, bolder than me. And I just felt like my world was falling apart. And when I told my mother that, if anybody remembers the scene in A Color Purple where Sophia was racing to let Harpo have it. Mm-hmm. And the way the role played by Oprah Winfrey as she walked through that field with such determination that she was going to handle whatever she had to handle. That's what it looked like to me, whether I realized it or not, as a young girl. And the fact that when we got there, there, the whole schoolyard was filled with children and they almost made this circle formation. And it was my mom, my uncle, the principal, this young boy, and I. And my mom let them have it, Shirley, as they say. <laughs> she she just, in, in such a way that I, I was never bothered again. And armed with that support and that love and knowing that when I looked to my right or left, I had that support, right. that armed me with feeling like I was invincible. It made me lift my chest. And, and again, today, most people that know me don't believe I was ever shy. I was terribly shy at the time and that without having a voice and again, articulating, being able to articulate that voice despite being bullied, empowered me through the rest of my life. Like nobody's going to mess with me because my mom's not going to let them. And just knowing you have somebody just, just gave me the goods. And so when I, when I work with my artists and my clients and with anyone, I let them know that my job is to accompany them along their journey so that mm. I aid them with enabling themselves to stand on their two feet and, and do what they need to do and be who they want to be. I support them in a, a spiritual and emotional and sometimes physical way because through dance, I'm always telling everybody, move, keep moving, keep moving. Mm. And through all those, it's, and, and the, the thread of all those ingredients come together in my work today. It's like, as I sit here and share with you, I remember that that moment as if it was yesterday. I, I see the schoolyard. I see the, the, assist, the principal. I see my mom. I see my Uncle Steve. And I walk with that every day of my life. Wow. 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 That's so powerful. 
the I, I, and as you, I could see it's so interesting because as you're speaking I can almost see them behind you you know just like yes. that's like the phrase when when you say have you got my back or someone's yes. got my back who's got my absolutely. back absolutely it's like knowing yes. that wherever you are they've that your mom your uncle they've got your back and mm, what that provides you I can really yeah. hear that so powerfully thank you so much for sharing that and sure. it also prompts for me that, you know, as you share about what that has given, what that gives you as a coach, you know, when I'm working with my clients and then we have in our, uh, the start, the creation of our relationship, you know, one of the things I say to them is that I'll become, I'll become your champion. I'll become your supporter. And I am championing you. I am supporting you even when I'm not with you. Because yeah. I know, just like as you're sharing, what it means when you don't feel like someone's got your back when you're facing challenges in an organisation as some of the leaders that I'm working with and to know that they can, they know that there's someone who is like rooting for them to win. <laughs> Absolutely. In, in their life, even if there are people around them not rooting for them, you know. Right. Right. Yeah. There's nothing like that support. There's and I like that like term that. champion, yeah. championing for yeah. other people. Nice. Um, <laughs> so if you look at the many successes that you've that you've had, then the, the work that you've that you've got, you've done. What would you say is your biggest accomplishment today? One of my biggest accomplishments was being invited to Russia and being in Moscow, um, not only once, but twice. Uh, mm -hmm. to speak to a marketing group. It was a group of 2,000. In the back of my head, I always wanted to to get more into motivational speaking, and it kind of happened just through my meeting a woman by the name of Isabel Laroc, and mm -hmm. she's from France. She invited me over. She works with a direct marketing company. She invited me over to speak to 2,000 of her marketing representatives, and what we did when we got there both times is she gathered a small group of uh, a small team of maybe 20 of her top leaders and I taught them a dance class. And again, the art of moving to aid with right. accomplishing our goals, followed by going to a venue where they had like the, the 2000 seater venue mm -hmm. filled. The first year I was to go and present my face method and um, make them aware of it and its benefits and how it could help them in being more confident in the workplace, um, not only in presenting themselves, but also in sales, etc. And then um, the second year I came back, it was to talk about the importance of uh, healthy success, the importance of being healthy mm -hmm. to your success. And the, the underscore was once again with my face method. That was a dream come true because my first motivational speaking engagement was in front of 2,000 people in Russia, in wow. Moscow. So I'm <laughs> like, okay. And, and my first time around, if, if you ever see the videotape, you could tell how excited I was <laughs> and still am. I feel like that's a great achievement. And, and I have many, many because... You know, when you're in a corporation, a manager's job is to get the job done through others. Mm -hmm. And what what I do is just that. And I, I like to think I'm almost like a, a layer, a phantom of energy that enters a person's life that aids them 
with them doing the work and me just being there to help them do that. Right, right. That was one. The other was directing the live amateur night show Mm -hmm. and then being the first to introduce the art of hip hop to the dance studio community in New York City. Um, I don't know if it was the first in the world because basically East Coast, West Coast, when it came to the dance, were the leaders in introducing the dance to the world. But this was the first time when I went to the studio Broadway Dance Center and then Ailey and said, there's something called hip hop. We should offer it in the studio. And then it took on just a more pedagogical approach. As we can see today, it's taken the world by storm. Right, right. Everywhere. So I think going and being able to achieve that goal, and I'd be remiss to not mention three dancers that introduced me to the art of hip-hop. One is Hot Dog, the other is Buddha Stretch is his name, and then Mr. Wiggles. After meeting them, us coming together resulted in hip-hop coming from the concrete jungle of the street into the dance studio form that we see today. Wow. So that's such a big, big contribution. I'm curious about what does it feel like to know that you brought hip hop to the East Coast in the, into the, and moved it into the dance space, dance theater spaces. And now it's, this, it's so big, it's everywhere. You can't, there's hip hop dance classes all around. There are people who are professional dancers getting trained. There are people doing it for fun. I would fall into that category when I did it. And so what does it feel like to know that you were really at the front, at the pioneer of bringing this to people and widening its impact and taking it out of its its raw form and it's and not raw like it's, its original form? It feels great uh, and and you know, to this day, due to my association and my connection and my family connection to uh, my teachers, Stretch and Mr. Wiggles, I, you know, I walk with pride because uh, wherever I go, that, you know, that's one of the things that I'm known for. So mm-hmm. it's never a bad thing to feel like, you know, you get that kind of respect. And I love seeing where the dance is going on certain levels. Um, the fact that it, it now is worldwide and you're able to go anywhere and be able to experience hip-hop the difficulty lies when and that's a whole other conversation when you have individuals that are not necessarily committed to the art form and culture and it, it takes the dance and the culture to a whole other dimension that again is a whole other conversation but all in all the fact that it has kind of metamorphosized itself. The other interesting thing is that most people know me and people will say I'm more industry known versus publicly known. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people don't know this story. So I kind of quietly smile and look around like, wow, look, look at, look at what it's all turned into. As I said, I got my degree in marketing management. Mm -hmm. So next time copyright and trademark is something that I would just really have to pay attention to (laughs) (laughs) next time around. Um, But, but all in all, it's, it's great. And, and I love that like my teachers travel the world and they, they quite often mention my name. All of what I do is more from a more organic place. Mm. So 
my commitment, as I said earlier, to community and to people and to culture. Mm. And more importantly, and first and foremost, to spirituality, drive my decisions and drive what I do and motivate me to do what I do in the way that I do it. Right. So to, to stay on the question, what does that feel like? feels great. You've done so much. I'm curious about then what of all that you've done, what's been your biggest challenges that you face uh, or challenge that you've faced in your in your journey? I feel like, you know, we talk about the word support. You know, sometimes it's not you don't always get that support. And that calls to yet another conversation when it comes to financial resources and other resources when it comes to being a woman mm-hmm. and a woman of color, you know, being a double minority. I never use anything as an excuse because, again, I walk with this invincibility. I continue each and every day to strive to make my own hopes, wishes, and dreams come true. My hope, wish, and dream is continuously tied to helping others achieve theirs. Right. You know, you don't always, it's not always easy when you're a woman on your own. And when you then are faced with being the engine to to drive the machine, and again, when you're seeking resources and that kind of thing, uh, it can be difficult. But, you know, again, with that feeling of instability, not impossible. So I managed to get the job done. I managed to succeed. I managed to sit and though I'm not a biological parent, I feel like I watch all my babies, you know, grow into who they are today and like a parent would be proud I am proud and I am happy and I'm satisfied with knowing that I had um, a stake in you know aiding and helping others you mentioned about being a double minority he's always the phrase that you use so as a black woman what are the tools and strategies that you use to face the challenges that come up that have come up for you as a black woman in in your work? Well, I I tell you, I have multiple tools that I use within my face practice. Mm -hmm. I implement them and and I'm not only a face coach, I'm a a face (laughs) recipient. I also use the tools that I teach. First and foremost, for myself personally, the power of prayer. And again, I'll always mention my mom, Mm -hmm. um, Edith Dunn. Uh, And when I wake up, I pray and use that as my first and foremost tool. When you consider my face technique, one of the things that contributed to me creating it was my own journey. I created a tool called colorization, where you use your favorite color to give concrete meaning to your energy. I have something I call the self-test. And that particular tool, which is a very important tool, aids you with Again, giving concrete meaning and looking at your life at a glance. Mm. And if we write it down, if we give that concrete meaning, if we can identify what's going on within ourselves, then we're able to implement. And and oftentimes I create, I encourage others to create their own tools for survival. Mm -hmm. This particular test takes the 10 key areas of your life. Uh, that I identify as your life, that Mm -hmm. are crucial to your existence, juxtaposed with what you got growing up from your parents and significant others. The 10 key areas are uh, spirit, self, health, 
uh, health and physical body, love and relationship, career, money, family, friends, society, community, Mm -hmm. and the world. Mm -hmm. And what it is is if you look at it like a balance sheet, on one side you have these 10 key areas Mm -hmm. and the other you have what you've got growing up. And I contend that there's a direct relationship between them. In other words, what, however you rate, and you have to rate each of those 10 areas with a score of 1 to 10, mm-hmm. which adds up to 100. On the other side, it is parents and significant others, like grandparents, aunts and uncles, older cousins, older siblings, things like that. Mm-hmm. And so the effect of what you've got growing up, the mom parent, you, you can get either 40 points, let's say from your mom, 40 from your dad and 20 from significant others. And that adds up to 100. Right. And there's a whole calculation that goes into it. And what, what it results in is your life number. And that right. number is for me 65 and it, that contends that you got 65% of what you needed growing up and your job is to work on the other 35% so you can you can make 100 and so in on my workshops I often say okay get your numbers up let's work on these numbers right. and it becomes almost like a game a fun life game and and it it aids People that that will do things when you ask the question, oh, how are you feeling? Or what's going on? Oh, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's wrong. And with this particular tool, you can look and see, oh, okay, that means I might need to pray more. I might have to get a different job or I might need to reach out to certain family members. And if you do those things, you get those numbers up nine times out of 10, you're going to feel happier. And we take what I do with the 10 key areas once people have done the calculation is say that, okay, then take the the top three and start with them. So you're not overwhelmed by trying Mm -hmm. to do too much. What are the top three? And the top three consists of the three lowest areas that were rated the lowest. Right. And that means those are the key areas that you have to go to first. We work on this for like seven to eight weeks. And then at the end, we do takeaways to determine where a person's at. And anybody can take it as far as they would like to in, in their work. Many people will start and then they may not start. But once they get into it, it's like what I like is that it's a practice they can take away and walk with on their own and practice on their mm-hmm. own. I do moving as a tool and I say to my singers and automatically with the dancers and to anyone into career professionals or or anyone in their life that you gotta move and that 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 calls to help and it, it's yeah great come to my hip-hop class i love it but it doesn't have to be hip-hop class it could be yoga it could be walking it could be anything but move your right. body yes um and and you know um of course diet and nutrition are all are, are all part of that but, you know, my expertise is going to be on the movement front right. as well as the internal work. So you, you asked about tools and strategies and colorization I talked about. I talked about the self-test. Um, and I also have a development chart that I create that also has an outline that goes with it, which has all the key areas and elements of what's going on in your career life. Mm-hmm. Again, we 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 spell that out very specifically so that you can see and that becomes your list of things to do in terms of 
where you're going. And my, my quest is always to have clients and individuals clear about who they are, what they're doing, and where they're going. Yeah, yeah. I love that the way that you and the importance of like breaking it up into focusing on different aspects of your life. Sometimes when the overwhelm comes is where it feels all too big like if I want to accomplish something and it feels too big and that if if something's coming up for you if a challenge coming up for you that you're able to do a number of things you're able to identify where the area of your life where that challenge is and then Mm. focus there but the other thing that I love about what you're describing is in the way that you've come to your number is you are embracing all that you have already to this date that gives you what you need to live life And we don't always have our attention on that. We don't always appreciate and acknowledge what's all the gifts that I have, what's all the skills that I have, what's all the resource that I have, what's all the experience that I have today. That if I have awareness of that, then that that 65% helps me with the other 35, right? That helps me, like that galvanizes me to accomplish Mm -hmm. that. And so I love that when we are challenged, when we are facing a concern, when we are facing whatever we're facing, to know that we have resource and to mm-hmm. we can lean on that resource and focus in those areas of our life where we're struggling. So that's Absolutely. what I love about that. It was so much in there, actually. I was going, oh, this, my light bulb was, was going off. It was so great. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really important for us to then think about whenever we're feeling stuck or want to accomplish something in our lives that you don't always have to come at it from the obvious space you know that confidence can get increased through movement through going to a dance class and then you might grow in confidence and that might will start to manifest and show up in -hmm. your work or it you know one of the things I've done in the past is to grow is I wanted to have a breakthrough in my self-expression, is I took singing lessons. I didn't take them for long, but I wanted to... Nice! I wanted to, like, <laughs> express myself in a different way, in a way that I've hidden, mm-hmm. you know, in the past. Yes. So yes. I did that for a bit. So that just even singing in front of a teacher was so... I couldn't imagine doing that before and then having that that experience and having a little bit of coaching helped me so we can think more broadly around how we cause breakthroughs for ourselves it doesn't always have to look in a in in a particular way like we can get creative and challenging ourselves in very safe spaces too Mm -hmm. your hip-hop class Mm -hmm. I just want to say something about my experience about your class because I went because my friend Julie said they do these classes for anybody can go and do hip hop at, at Alvin Ailey. I was like, oh, I'm there, I'm going. And went on my next trip to New York. So I went and there was something that was very different from what I was. I expected you to just get into the choreography, you know, but it was very the motivational, the, the centering, the the reminder of who we are and our sense of self. The messaging that you gave us was great. Then we did a bit of like, I have to say, some hard gym work type thing, running and like, yeah, some core work. (laughs) So I was like, when are we getting (laughs) to the dance? 
and then get into the dance. And I think one of the things that's really wonderful about your approach is as I was challenged, people, I was challenged because, as I said, I would have said that I was a woman who had rhythm. And in that moment, I was so like in my head, like I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know where I was, maybe which step I was following all these people (laughs) who were doing the steps all over the place. And there was something you said to me and it was so settling. (laughs) It was so simple. It was just like, you know, that happens to a lot of people. So, you know, trust yourself. And that's a message that I hear myself say to myself in a number of things. And who would have thought this was a dance class for fun, apparently. And then I'm still Mm -hmm. making myself wrong and I'm still giving myself a hard time. Shirley, the overachiever who's supposed to go in there and suddenly be like like she's danced for years. Hip hop. (laughs) Shirley's from East London. I don't dance hip hop in East London. I I don't know what I do in East. You know, so... um, I'm sure there are people who dance hip hop in East London. That just wasn't me. It wasn't going. <laughs> well, you you did better than you think. I have to interrupt you. You did better than you think. <laughs> yeah, I noticed. I didn't even hear that. I thank you very much for your acknowledgement about how I did. Yes. Yeah, come yes. out of your head, Shirley. Come out of your head. I yes. I want. Can you help us? Um, because again, people are coming for their hip hop dance class, but there is something else, as I said, that you're bringing to that, the encouragement. Is this part of your face methodology alive? Is this just who you are? You've always taught that way. Like, help me understand yeah. more about that world that you create, the holding that you create for your students. It's, it's all of the above. There are people who might have a method or a technique or whatever, um, or approach to their work. I am my work. Like my, I, I don't, they're not mutually exclusive. I live this practice because when I wake up every day, I ask God, how can I serve you? Mm. And the reply is always by taking care of his or her children. Mm. And so I walk in as a universal mother. I often refer to myself as a mentor in that I'm on the sidelines rooting you on. Mm. I just think that when people walk into that room, you know, they, they, they walk into what they're not. What's, what's going on in that room is, again, my covenant with God that I serve, dedicate, and commit. And it, um, there are elements of my face work that I bring to the dance studio. People come to dance and move. They don't they don't necessarily come for face and they do enjoy the fact that there are other things going on in terms of my motivating and inspiring people because many times I hear um, individuals leave the room saying you know what I had a bad day at work or I had a bad day at school and I wasn't really feeling myself but I feel so much better and my response is thank you for making my day because that's my goal right I want you to feel so much better and you mentioned something about how people experience, you know, the class, the world themselves. I always tell individuals, like, you have the power to set the reset button. Mm. And you do that by taking the breath. You do that. One of the things you do is just take a breath and know that you have the power to reset whatever's going on and to be present. I read the book, uh, The Power of Now by mm-hmm. Eckhart Tolle. Yes. And um, that's where 
the opening of my class comes from, or that's what's inspired the opening of my class. When you begin my class or workshop, I do something called getting in the room. Mm. And I do a series of breathing exercises. I have everyone lie down on the floor and get centered and just release their bodies because we're living in a world of, of distraction at a level that's never been before. Right. And it's insurmountable that so many of us are not present. And you can, I, 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 I can evidence that by our devices. Yes. Because it's so, so often it's like people in the middle, and I've done it myself, in the middle of a conversation, here comes the phone. It's like, put your phone down. <laughs> right. And so just being present and being from an era, I'm from an era where all you could do is talk, where um, we didn't have text messages, and you really had to be present. Yes. The warm-up, I say, don't think about five minutes ago or five minutes from now. Don't think about yesterday or tomorrow. Think about right here and right now. Mm. Be present and then surrender. Be present and then surrender. Be present and then surrender. Add a dash of forgiveness and you breathe a whole lot easier. Yes. Deep breath in and breathe out. So that's just part of that warm-up. Mm. And, and, I, and I, when you add a dash of forgiveness, so you breathe a whole lot better knowing that this time is for you. And it's like you look around, it's like, oh, oh, that's right. It is about me. Not about always getting up and running the race of life. That's and something, that's a big message. There's never a time where you can't press the reset button. Right. You do that at least, by the, at the very least, by just taking three shallow breaths. Mm -hmm. You breathe in, mm -hmm. hold on to that breath eight seconds or so and then release and then just stop yourself and 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 i know because i you know it's like they they call the world the rat race you know it's like my hand is up though you can't see me it's like i've been a rat <laughs> running the race right. guilty yes so i'm working on breathing my way out of that yeah 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 so that's really 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 powerful that um, that we have our own personal power to determine how our life goes. We have our own personal power to stay present. We have a, it takes practices. So when the breathing is a practice. And mm -hmm. so that's one of the three breaths is a practice and we can invent different practices like step away from the phone, which is yes. so challenging today you know i have to create practices mm -hmm. for myself to walk away from my phone and it's like what do you mean it's like i set an alarm at, for 8 p.m at night where i have to turn my device off oh wow i need to do that and <laughs> you know i have certain days like if i'm when i'm working in new york that doesn't always apply because sometimes i'm doing work in the evening and stuff like that so but if i'm at home the alarm goes off. I set an alarm to send my to get myself into bed, and people are like, "What do you mean?" It's like I I help myself by to manage myself to do things that serve me. Otherwise, I used to go to bed. You know, before you know it, it was midnight. Do you know what I mean? It's like, how do you get to midnight? What happened to the time? Right. <laughs> <laughs> what was I doing? Yeah. Whether I'm working, whether yeah. I'm doing 
things that are useful and valuable it's not useful to my well-being to get up and face another day if I'm not getting enough sleep Mm -hmm. and it's also like how do I support leaders in my coaching when I am not doing that for myself you know you can't say well I know you've got a challenge Mm -hmm. in life but you need to get more sleep it's like well am I doing that so but I set up things to help me to support me so those practices and breathing is you know Breathing is your friend is what I say. Other things that I say, you know, those deep breaths is just Indeed. so powerful, so powerful. What's your the next arc of your career, your work? My quest at, at the moment or my goals at the moment are to increase programming um, of my face workshops and coaching. Right. Currently, I do um, workshops and, and then I have private clients eventually I have uh, other goals in mind um, to take face on a more visual level. So I definitely want to increase the, the workshops that I've been doing. Motivational speaking is something that's on, on, on the table as well. Within the techniques, I have techniques. Face as a technique, there's a workshop for that. I have Face the Mic, which is for singers and musicians to workshop for seven or eight weeks and and then showcase and be given feedback by Mm -hmm. uh, industry professionals to have a similar component for Face the Dance Floor. And the more visual eventually is Face TV, dot, 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 to be continued, look out for us, that kind of thing. In a nutshell, what's next? For me, in the, my next chapter, it's all about face. Okay. All about face. That's great. Robin, where can people get in contact with you? They can find me on Instagram under Robin Dunn Face. All one running word, Robin Dunn Face. Fabulous, fabulous, fabulous. And it's been so wonderful to spend this time with you. And I feel privileged to have spent time to just have met you a few months ago and now you're here as a guest on the podcast with all that you've done all that you've given and I'm excited about this methodology that you have face and the work that you're doing with people really 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 wonderful thank you Shirley I'll say what I've said to you before you made my day thank you I really hope you've been inspired to shift gears in your own life after listening to this week's episode of she's got drive any insights that you have any thoughts that you have any new actions that you're taking any way that your lens is shifting you know that we we wear certain it's like we're wearing a a particular pair of glasses that has a filter and sometimes when we listen to these episodes we shift the filter that's in front of us and in shifting the filter our life looks different our life can feel different so I'm wondering when you're listening to these stories when you're hearing the ways that our women on the the guests really get ahead and really achieve where they are what is it what new lenses are you um, now looking through that you can share with me you can always contact me through Instagram uh, at Shirley McAlpine Consulting you can get a hold of me through the She's Got Drive Facebook page and just share what's what's present for you, what's going on for you and um, just how you're feeling about the different guests that you're listening to. She's Got Drive is produced by Cassandra Voltolina. The music is by the awesome female band Blonde. And if you'd love to go enjoying the show, please rate and review it on iTunes. It makes such a difference to me and to my team 
um, and to the show ultimately. Sign up on my website at shirleymcalpine.com to get a free download of my top tips on how to be a woman with drive. And you can also get the download from the pie session, the PIE session that we did at episode seven, I think. Um, we did that. So that's also available on my site. Thank you again for listening. Until next time, go well and stay well. <laughs>